Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. Hey you. Have you ever wondered what kind of conversations I'm having with other homeschool moms one-on-one in private coaching sessions? Or what kind of conversations we have in the homeschool mama retreat? Well, today I'm going to chat with you about the seven most frequent discussion points that I have with other homeschool moms. Of course, there are as many challenges in our homeschool worlds. There are as many discussion points in our coaching sessions as there are stars in the galaxy. Because everyone is so different, is so unique, has very different backgrounds and has very different points of references, different approaches in homeschooling, different reasons for homeschooling. They have different kids and they have different goals and purposes in their lives. There are many, many, many discussion points. But today I want to discuss seven things that I hear and discuss on repeat. But first... I want you to know that you are invited to a free one-on-one coaching session if we haven't already connected, so I want us to have an opportunity to connect virtually. You can find a link to set up an appointment on the show notes page of this episode on the website capturingthecharmedlife.com. Recently, I heard from Sarah. Sarah listened to my seminar at the Canadian Homeschool Conference 2022. Sarah shared her thoughts on my seminar, The Homeschool Mama's Big Emotions Toolbox. She said, Teresa, that was an amazing talk. Just to verify that we have feelings, and obviously we must be sharing them with others if we want to hit them on the head. Thank you kindly for recognizing our feelings and giving us tools for dealing with them. Well, I'm so glad to hear from you, Sarah, and I'm so glad that it was a useful seminar for you. No doubt about it. The most challenging aspect of homeschooling has always been, probably will always be, my own big emotions. And you can still get access to the Homeschool Mama Big Emotion Toolbox seminar on the CanadianHomeschoolConference.com website. Today's episode is sponsored by Kristen Mercer at Mercentials. Kristen sent me two essential oils. One is cinnamon bark, and even though it's originally intended for Christmas, it has such a lovely feeling to it. This essential oil has an energy of wealth and comfort and all things luxurious. You gotta smell it to know what I mean. But you know the one that I was truly intrigued by is called rosemary. It reminds me of that salve that my mom and dad would put on my chest or on my back when I was not feeling well, when I had a cold or some sort of virus, and it was pretty powerful. It felt pretty potent. But this last Christmas when we got sick, because didn't we all, my son had put a little drop in his hand of this essential oil, 
and inhaled. And so did I, because I just love the smell so much. And it was more potent than anything I've smelled on the market. It truly felt like my lungs were absorbing it. What a powerful essential oil. And I'll tell you, I have an entire metal container of essential oils from all sorts of different sources. Some of them were pretty expensive sources, and I maybe won't give the name to them, but there are certain ones that I've found in the mall, and it is really quite a lovely shop. I've found essential oils anywhere from Walmart to the local drugstore to I forget where I found a couple of them. None of them smell clean like the Young Living essential oils. There's something so unique about these essential oils that feel clean. Kind of like, and this is the only comparison I can think of, kind of like going to an A&W or a Dairy Queen and ordering a hamburger and you're like, it's satisfied that itch for that flavor. But when somebody makes a hamburger at your backyard, it just has so much more flavor. It feels so much more authentic. And that is what these essential oils feel like to me. So thank you, Kristen. So what's been happening in your homeschool? If you'd like to connect with me, introduce yourself on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com, and you can leave a voice message or a written message on any of the podcast show notes pages. I would love to hear from you. This is what's been happening in my homeschool. So there's been a whole bunch of chess lessons happening throughout school for my son, and he's had a fascination with chess since literally, I think it was a year and a half. And I have some super cute photos of him playing with the chessboard. And now that he's 13, he has a long-term goal of becoming a grandmaster. Of course, I cannot relate because I do not understand anything about this game, except possibly how they move. Every once in a while, he asks me to play with him, and I don't really know why, because I am no challenge whatsoever. Him and his dad, though, they are both eagerly engaged in all chess lessons, and spare time is spent in playing games online or with each other. And that is one of those many homeschool discussion points that nobody talks about. One aspect of socialization that happens is the close connection that kids get with their parents and also the sharing of the skills or the interests. They build memories, they share skills, they learn from each other. And this is true. They literally learn from each other because at a certain point, the parent is often learning from the child too. Something that I love to do almost every day is to get outside for a hike or for a walk or for a cross-country ski or something. And so this last week, I convinced my son to join my husband and I because he's long past interested in going on long hikes with his dad and me. I convinced him and we walked along a river that we don't usually walk along and he didn't really want to go. But I noticed that every time we would turn another corner and see another vista, he would say, Mom, that reminds me of The Hobbit. And then not too many minutes later, he would say, that reminds me of Chronicles of Narnia. Or that reminds me of Harry Potter. He could see in his mind's eye a picture that came from one of those books. And I tell you, even on the way home, I had a discussion about what Enneagram Harry Potter was. He thinks Nine Wing One. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We celebrated my second daughter's birthday from afar. First year that we have celebrated from afar. And I can't say is I like that. 
In our homeschool, we've always celebrated birthdays as a big holiday. Everybody takes off work, everybody hangs out with the birthday girl or the birthday boy, and we do things all day long. And it was a little different this year, but still we celebrated together virtually. While my son and I are doing morning read aloud, he and I have been tamping down soil, adding some water, and planting our garden in my study. In a few flats, I'm going to share a little bit about our seed planting and our homestead plans in our upcoming Patreon communities coffee chat. I know there's a lot of interest in my homestead element of my life, and I'm happy to chat about all things fruit orchard and gardening and goats and chickens and the great pier. I'll be doing that at our Patreon coffee chats once a month. And the last thing I wanted to share about what's been happening in my homeschool is kind of um, like a family project. It is a project initiated by my husband, who has been passionate about this project since, oh, I don't know, the day he was born. He is so passionate about democracy, upholding democracy, enabling democracy, and actually benefiting constituents of that democracy, members of that democracy. And so tomorrow morning, we're going to have family photos taken for his new website as he begins the journey of running as an independent member of parliament for our local constituency. So you know what I mean? This is obviously not really a family project, except that a homeschool, unschool family is gonna get behind this level of project, a big old project. And when the website is up and ready, I'm going to point you in the direction just for you to check it out. American or Canadian or whoever you are worldwide, we all want democracy to be representative of the people it is representing. If you are concerned that I am going to go political on this podcast, well, I would suggest to you that our bias is always there, just as Julie Bogart says in her recent released book, Raising Critical Thinkers. We always have a bias, but no, I'm not going to go political. And that's all I'm going to say on that for now. So from one homeschool mama to another, if you want to do this homeschool thing, I encourage you to take care of you to nurture the nurturer. And as a side note, one of my girls reminded me that this last year was my one year book anniversary. Did you know I wrote a book? Turns out it's also called Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. And I hope it does just that for you. So what would you say is the big thing happening in your homeschool right now? I'm going to guess that it's not so far off from the seven discussion points that I routinely have in one-on-one coaching sessions with other homeschool moms. So you want to know what those seven discussion points are? Let's get started. Here are seven questions, seven discussion points that I most frequently engage in my one-on-one coaching sessions with homeschool moms. But before I get started, I want you to grab your journal, grab a pen, And I want you to write your top seven biggest concerns or discussion points or challenges that you have in your homeschool. Okay, so the first discussion point, the one that I hear frequently is, am I doing this 
good enough? Am I doing homeschooling good enough? I'm sure that question comes as no surprise to anyone. It is a frequently asked question because we are trying to measure our homeschools against something else. It's not necessarily always against another person's homeschool or another person's school experience. Sometimes it is actually just bred out of our own insecurities about who we are and whether we think we are capable to the task. It's easy for me to tell you that I believe that you are your child's greatest advocate. There's a reason that I have a homeschool mama daily affirmation available free for download. It is something meaningful for me that I include in my journal. I recite maybe a sentence or a paragraph every morning reminding me why I'm doing this homeschool thing and how I want to show up in my homeschool. One of the paragraphs that I share is this. I am uniquely qualified with what my children need most. My value and worth are separate from my children's successes or failures. I love being inside my own skin as a loving parent. It's an expression of my deepest and best self. I am committed to my own emotional and physical health. My healing directly impacts my joy as a parent. I am not a victim of my circumstance. I am free to navigate my own course in parenting. I am my child's greatest advocate. And addressing that insecurity in whether we're good enough in our homeschool can take on many different forms because the insecurity might be there for many different reasons. But you can see that it isn't really about whether your homeschool is good enough as much as you're asking the question, am I good enough? Another reason that homeschool moms might feel insecure and wonder if they're good enough is because they might not actually be giving their child enough eyeball-to-eyeball time. As homeschool parents, we can spend all day with our kids, but not really with our kids. We're not giving them full-focused eyeball-to-eyeball attention. And so there might be some pang of uncertainty or guilt that maybe we're not quite doing it enough because we know that in some way we aren't. Okay, so I am not here to help you feel a little bit more guilty. But sometimes we need to address the things that really are there and say, okay, well, what am I going to do about it? Can you be with your child eyeball to eyeball all the time? No, you can't. You have other stuff to do. And also you're a human and you have needs too. And humans' needs need to be met And we are not constantly able to provide for another human. That's not our role. But there is something about the mom role that does feel like, but it should be, shouldn't it? Well, yes and no, right? Yes, because we are that mom. We are that person in their lives that does nurture them and give to them. But this conversation is always going to go back to what are you doing to fill you so that you can fill them or nurture them. So are you giving your child enough eyeball to eyeball time? You might not be feeling like you're doing enough because you don't actually have a plan. No, I'm not meaning a plan as in 
every hour of the day is accounted for, or you've got all the workbooks or curriculum or the right philosophy or the best philosophy or anything in that realm. I just mean that you have an idea of how you want to engage this. And yet, knowing all the while that it'll probably change at some point. You're learning from putting the plan into action. But when you have a plan, you know you're doing something. So therefore, you don't have to ask yourself, is it good enough? You got a plan. Another reason that you might be wondering, am I doing good enough? Is because you're low energy right now. You aren't the first. In my experience, you might be the only one that has high energy because after these last couple years and all the demands and all the discussions and all the challenges of whatever you've been experiencing, everyone is feeling lower energy. It's a common refrain to hear, I just feel like I'm just making it through. And that's okay. It is really okay. When is it going to change that I might actually have more energy and not feel like I'm bogged down by all of this deflation over the last couple of years? The only area of deflation, I might add. Who can say? Acknowledging and accepting the reality of how we're really feeling, the fact that maybe we are actually experiencing that lower energy, lower fueled state, just accepting it is helpful in the discussion of, am I doing good enough? How good are you supposed to do when a major world experience happens? And the last thought I have in addressing, are you good enough, is this. What's the long-term goal anyway? What's the vision in your homeschool? What is your goal for your child's education? It doesn't have to be defined by the things that you were taught as a child. It doesn't have to be defined by somebody you love, their opinion of you, and what you think is probably the ideal education, whether that's coming from a private school or your relative who also happens to be a teacher or your neighbor's kids that are also schooled. You don't have to go to the learning outcomes for your local state or province. You can just decide. You can decide what is an ideal education for my child. I'm going to remind you that the root word for education is educato, which means to raise up. To raise up what? Your child. The goal is to raise up your child. So probably when you're looking at raising up your child, you're equipping your child, the one that is right in front of you, the one that you're uncovering from day to day or understanding a little bit more every day, that is the one that you're raising up. So how can you best do that? So my final thought in how we can address that big question, am I doing this good enough, is asking yourself, am I living a life on purpose? Why tie those two thoughts together? Because when we're really clear on why we're alive and what we're all about, it will help us answer those questions of what is an education anyway? Is it okay if I have lower energy right now? If I'm living a purposeful life, does that mean that I'm giving my child eyeball to eyeball time and real connecting time? If I'm living a purposeful life, is there even time to ask if I'm good enough? I got stuff to do. So go do your stuff.
in your own unique way, in your own unique homeschool. And on that thought, the second discussion point I often have is a discussion on what is motivating you to keep homeschooling. What's the reason that you want to continue homeschooling? How does it tie in with your life purpose? It's happening here and now, your life. Right now, you are using up the moments of time in your life. And it includes you engaging your kids in this homeschool life. And the second discussion point I often have with homeschool moms is how to keep motivated to homeschool over the long run. Somebody asked me a question at an evening chat at the Canadian Homeschool Conference a couple weeks ago about what keeps me motivated to homeschool. I'm going to tell you, once upon a time, I would have told you it was freedom. So many freedoms. And those freedoms absolutely are part of the reason that I continue homeschooling, but they aren't my main motivation. And before I tell you what my motivation is, would you write down what your motivation is? Put it in your journal so you can think about, wait, why am I homeschooling? What is going to keep me homeschooling? For me, it's about my life purpose. It's about recognizing that the clearer I get on my life purpose, the more I want my kids to have a stronger sense of their life purpose. Earlier than when I figured out I should have a life purpose. So what keeps me homeschooling is knowing that this process of spending time doing the things I love helps me clarify how I want to show up in them. It gives me so much time to do the things that I love. Just like it gives my kids so much time to do the things that they love. To pursue the learning that really does benefit them so they can grow up and do the things that they were meant to do. To live our lives on purpose. So I'm going to ask you to pause this podcast with your journal and your pen. I want you to just sit for a few minutes and imagine what would it feel like to have lived your life on purpose? What does it look like to live your life on purpose? What are the things that you really want to do that in the end, it will say, I lived my life on purpose. And then ask yourself, so what is keeping you homeschooling? What's the thing that motivates you to continue homeschooling? The third thing that I most often discuss in my homeschool mama one-on-one sessions is usually something about boundaries. And I don't mean just about boundaries, like learning, helping your kids know that you really need separate space or quiet space in your day, or they really shouldn't be opening the bathroom door if you're in it. I don't mean those kinds of boundaries. I'm meaning all the boundaries in your life, all the relationship boundary challenges that you have, because most often, and I speak from experience here, most often our boundary issues are because we don't have a really strong sense of ourselves. Also, we don't have a really strong sense of self-advocacy. We don't think of ourselves as another human being that needs stuff. And we certainly don't think that our needs take as much precedence as the others around us. When we don't set our relationships up so that we are flourishing as much as everyone else around us, we're not actually showing up in our lives as completely as we could be. And we certainly have boundary issues. 
The fourth discussion point that I often have is no surprise. How do you live alongside others and still be you and still advocate for you and your needs? This is one of my very favorite discussion points in the free Homeschool Mama mini retreat, which you can access on my website. Learning how to live alongside others while being fully you. Some people will call that self-differentiation. Um, doesn't matter what you call it. It's not easy. It's why I point everyone towards different personality profiles like Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or DISC or there's so many possibilities. And the reason I do that is not so that you can discover that you too are a type 1 or type 4 or INTJ or ENFJ. It's fun knowing that stuff, but it doesn't really mean anything except for... Those areas are either your strong suits or they're your areas of internal challenge. The reason I point you in that direction is because it helps you understand how you're relating to other people and also how other people are relating to you. We need that kind of information to figure each other out and appreciate all the benefits and goodness of each other and also be gracious with the challenges that everyone has because we all have them. But it certainly helps us learn to live alongside others and also become more us in the meantime. The fifth discussion point that I often have with homeschool moms might be something that you actually anticipate. How do I get time alone? How do I get to be separate? Can I do things that are fun just for me? Or how do I find time to do stuff that I like to do? I would ask you, what's keeping you from it? Like, actually, what is keeping you from it? I do know and I want to honor the moms with the really young kids or, you know, certain kids that have really specific learning challenges. I am very aware that there is a certain level of demand there that is just going to be a whole different level of demand than us with neurotypical kids or older kids. Like I have so much more time as a homeschool mom of four, but really only homeschooling one right now. And I'm homeschooling one that is really academic by nature, loves reading, loves learning, loves doing things that are very schoolish looking. So I know I have a whole lot more time than I did when I began homeschooling with three little girls, one of them a toddler and a son who was just a baby. Whole different picture of homeschooling for me than it was way back then. And it might be a very different picture in my home now than yours right now. And I honor that. And I want you to know, I couldn't believe it when it actually happened that day when I finally slept through the night. After all the four kids were big enough to be sleeping through the night, I'm pretty sure my son was like six we took him up to the Arctic in the middle of summer and from, I don't know, about the age of three to five or something. So by the time he was six, he was finally sleeping through the night. But I remember thinking, wow, I think he slept through the night like for a few weeks now. Amazing. I feel so good. Those years between day two of my first daughter's life she was colicky for a few months and she didn't sleep through the night until at least 10 and a half months. So that time between her 
being just day two of her life all the way till my son was about six years of age, I was exhausted. And so if you are there, I feel you. And also, it actually happens where they do indeed sleep through the night. And when someone says to you, this too shall pass, you can take a deep breath and resist rolling your eyes because I'm telling you, it really will in a matter of years, sorry, years. But other than that discussion point about being in a certain season of your parenting or homeschooling years, what is the reason that's keeping you from having separate time? Are you assuming that you're the only one that can take care of the kids? If you're telling yourself that someone in your world isn't able to look after them for a couple of hours, well, I would ask you this. Will you allow that other person to have a relationship with your child on their own terms? And then you need to leave the house. And I don't mean the grocery store. I mean somewhere else, literally anywhere else. And just go be for an hour or two hours doing anything that you like to do once a week, just once a week. The sixth most common discussion point that I have with homeschool moms is I feel lonely. I feel disconnected. I don't have homeschool community. If you're new to homeschooling in the last year or two years, I think you have had an especially challenging challenge. You've had a really tough time getting to build community. No doubt about it. Your experience of entering homeschooling is very different than it was for me. There was a built-in community when I first began. It didn't feel like it was entirely my community. I didn't feel like it necessarily reflected all my values or, you know, I didn't feel like I connected with each person exactly as I wanted, says literally everyone everywhere. But there certainly was potential for community right off the top. And I know that for the new to homeschool crowd, that this is especially tricky. But as things begin to open and be available to us, take advantage of it. Go into the world and don't wait for people to introduce themselves to you. You introduce yourself to them or get on that Facebook thread or wherever you are, WhatsApp or all the other places and ask people in different homeschool groups, would you like to join me in a field trip to dot, 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 you fill in the blank and then see what happens. People will join you. Sometimes we need to create our own communities. There might be decreased social opportunities in the real life world, but there is certainly a lot of opportunities in our virtual world. And I'll remind you that I have a homeschool mama book club that right now we're in the midst of discussing Julie Bogart's book, Raising Critical Thinkers. It is an amazing book. And if you want to join and chat about that book and then even get to meet her virtually through our book club, you're going to be able to do that in March and April. I am so looking forward to that. Of course, I already shared with you about the Patreon community for this podcast. Not only are you supporting me being able to put this out into the world, but also you have an opportunity to get closer and connected to the podcast guests that I interview. You'll have an opportunity to be part of live extended chats with them, and you'll get a chance to chat with me. 
in an informal coffee chat where I am just hanging out, not got a mission to discuss anything except to support you and create an environment where you can be held accountable, general accountability, to showing up on purpose in your homeschool the way that you want. The things I've learned about building community, though, the more that I own who I am and confidently show up on purpose with people that confidently, authentically show up with other people in my real life, the more I'm able to show up, the more connected I feel. Now that all assumes that I am comfortable being with myself. If I'm not comfortable being with myself, I'm not going to feel comfortable being with other people. So there's something under that. There's something behind. If you can show up in solitude for yourself, by yourself, you are more likely to be able to show up honestly, authentically, and confidently with other people. The last discussion point I will share with you is that I think self-awareness is the core requirement to parenting, homeschooling, relating to another human being, and just living. Almost all of our discussions are sourced from that one thing. Do you know where you're from? Do you know who you are? Do you know what makes you feel good? What increases your overall sense of well-being? So let's pause this podcast episode and get your journal and pen and ask yourself these questions. What makes you feel good? You could say coffee in the morning or an exercise workout in the afternoon. Maybe connection with important people every day. Maybe going outside. Literally whatever comes to mind. What makes you feel good? Now what makes life fun for you? For me, I love writing. Obviously, I love encouraging, I love reading, I love dancing lessons with my husband, a gift from Valentine's Day. I love connecting with my kids and creating memories. I love cooking. I love designing and creating new things. What is fun for you? Write, be with your name. Like for me, I would say, be Teresa. And then after you say, be Suzanne, or be Maria, or be Caroline, whatever your name is, then write down six things that define who you are. Like for instance, be Teresa, harmony, authentic to a fault, encouraging, candid, funny, always learning. Okay, so what would you put in be you? Now answer the question, what has been the biggest challenge that you've faced in your life and how did you overcome it? I would say to acknowledge that I've tried to resist succumbing to fear, to sadness, to meaninglessness, and succumbing to what other people think. Now what would you add? What would you say is the biggest challenge you've faced in your life and how did you overcome it? Next question is, what is your emotional climate? What are the things that contribute to you feeling angry or frustrated or bored or anxious 
or sad. Write down the most common things that trigger you to feel those feelings. And the last question for you to become more self-aware. If everything went just the way you wanted, how would your life look in the next number of years? I would say that my homestead bed and breakfast reopened and I could let it reopen from May to September this year. I could be offering four retreats every year, fall, winter, spring, and summer. And I would ideally like to at least have one retreat live. I'd like to keep doing more online conferences, but I would definitely love to bridge into in-person conferences. I'd keep podcasting because I love this. I'd write books, which I might tell you I am indeed writing a book right now, actually a memoir. And also I'd like to travel. I'd like to travel beyond Castlegar. So what would you include in what you would like your life to look like in the next few years? And the last thing I'm going to suggest for you to grow in greater self-awareness is to check out Julie Bogart's book, Raising Critical Thinkers. And she and her son wrote a poem together called I Am From. Understanding your roots, understanding your identity before or right now helps you to understand how you're going to show up right now. When you're self-aware, you advocate for yourself. Your well-being increases. Your satisfaction in your homeschool and your purpose in your homeschool increases. And it turns out you enable your children to have the same kind of life that you are with greater well-being and a better homeschool experience and more personalized life. It's all good for you and your homeschooled kids. So where are you from? Today, I'm going to share with you my I Am From poem. Here goes my second poem ever. I am from Varanikya and Zemaborsht and Zadidol in Grandma's lap. I'm from tonsillitis, popcorn twists, and raspberry jello. I am from long-distance truck hauls, satellite calls, retarder brakes purring, growling engine lullabies. I'm from Christmas Santa and Christmas Jesus. I'm from Greenlock journals, gratitude journals, quote journals, first journals, crush journals, prayer journals. I am from six-week summer, almost midnight sunsets, yellow oceans waving in the wind, nostrils frozen at recess. I am from Mr. Dressup, Laura Ingalls, E.T., Back to the Future, and video hits. I am from sock hops, red leather jacket, white glove, moonwalks. I am from most men living lives of quiet desperation. I am from old-fashioned landlines in seven rooms, telling telephone stories, telephones calling the alarm, then telephones in cemeteries. I am from fleeing, hiding, running, and barefoot, changing names, changing locations, changing purpose, changing hope. I am from writing stories till sunrise, 
sharing stories, wanting to share stories, wanting to know my story, wanting to define my story, wanting to be my story, being a story, being an unfinished open book. I am from Schindler's List, the firm, and sleeping with the enemy, with dreams of sense and sensibility. I am from public school, Christian school, Catholic school, private school, 11 schools. I am from prizes for verses, verses that tell wrong, verses that tell right, verses that declare peace, verses that declare fight. I am from being still and knowing God, knowing I'm seen, plans made for me, prosperous plans, harm-free plans, future plans, peaceful plans. I am from Wild Rose Country, the Yellow Rose of Texas, and rose-scented longing. I am from Dreams of India. If we really want to love, we must learn to forgive. I am from Africa, where I had a home at the foot of the Ingong Hills, and a brick-and-mortar home with a fireplace at the edge of the Great Rift Valley, and a drape over my head, swiping and moaning, malarial pleas awaiting Ebola or a plane out of Africa. I am from a blackbird singing, blackbird dead, blackbird at night. I am from the fight song, take back my life song. I am from broken wings, mended wings, flying wings, learning how to fly wings. And this is me. Who are you? Because who you are, knowing where you're from, knowing how you engage in this world, what your emotional climate is and what your purpose is, is dynamically influencing your homeschool. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and telling you about the seven most frequent discussions that I have with homeschool moms. Then if you are interested in having a discussion with me about any of these topics or any other topic under the sun, I'd love for you to connect with me at capturingthecharmlife.com.